You're listening to The Pastor Pod, sharing what we're learning to help you lead well in our culture today. This podcast is hosted by pastors Josh Robinson and Jay Mudd. Their goal is to be real, transparent, and let you in on what pastors really think about stuff. Hey, welcome back to The Pastor Pod. We're on episode 94. I'm Josh here with my good friend Jay. And if you are new to the podcast, we're just two pastors that get together and talk about stuff Mm. that pastors like to talk about. Jay, mm. how are you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm tired. Church planning, it's it it is what it is, right? So we're in the thick of it right now. We're about uh we're less than we're less than two weeks. Josh, you got a team from the bridge that's coming up to help us on that first one. I think you guys got yeah. I think 17 total. There's uh, eleven adults and six uh teenagers coming yeah. to support us, gonna work in our kids' area for us. And so pumped about mm-hmm. that. So shout out to the Bridge Church in Venice. Uh, we got another church, Life Bridge Church in Windermere. They're going to be helping us out with some uh, worship, uh, music-wise. And so a couple churches in here love to see the big church coming together. It's a good thing. It's going to be awesome, man. We're praying for you. Excited to see the first uh, kind of kind of preview, kind of practice, kind of pre-launch. You have a new cool, cool word for it? Oh, cool word, right, because church playing, you know, it's always cool. No, well, for all those listening, what is a preview service? Like, tell so, us what that is. I'm actually going to tell you. You're not aware. I'm actually going to tell you what I'm calling this in general because I'm I've been very particular. I want to make sure language matters. Language matters, and it and it it communicates properly what you're calling. It. So we're calling this a soft worship gathering, which means this is we're going to have worship gatherings where we're going to meet regularly for worship together as a church. Um, we're not calling this a soft launch because that gives the perspective that the church hasn't launched yet. I would be under the, I would be wrong if I didn't tell you that I don't we started because we meet we we do activities in the you know the community we love our community we're uh, meeting with people for prayer and Bible study and we're discipling people so the church is active so this is just another step in loving our community by hosting a worship gathering and it's a soft one and what that means by a soft worship gathering is it's not uh, we're not regularly we're not going every week it's kind of sporadic it's once. Uh, we got it on the 22nd, then we got it on the 12th, which is two weeks later, and then we don't do it again until the 23rd, which is a little over a month, um, because we just pick some dates that match with the calendar and avoid holiday weekends <laughs> and mm-hmm. other things. We just played with the calendar enough, and then in January, we'll see where it goes, but right now, it's a soft worship gathering. In other words, we're just and you, right. we're not pulling out all the stops yet. We'll have quite a bit of our stuff going on, but not everything's going to be the way it's going to be when we actually officially launch. Mm-hmm. You can get a taste but you mm-hmm. can't get the full menu. So it's mm-hmm. like a soft opening I like that. restaurant. You get taste a t- and see. You don't get a full menu. You get a taste. You get the appetizer. That's good. You get the full menu. I like it. So we're going to be praying for you, man, and excited about – Now, make no mistake. I'm point, getting off the ground, having, having gatherings hot. again. I'm coming It's going to be good. What are you I'm preaching on? Do you know? I do. On, I do. Are you going to using the Bible uh, for we're the gonna... sermon? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, we're actually going to be looking at John chapter four. Um, so very nice. kind of familiar story, but um, big takeaway for everybody. It's going to be good. I don't want to give away too much. That's great. Right. Yeah. Um, well, we're, you know, t- you don't, don't give us all the secrets. So, so be, we'll be praying for Jay. We're excited about you, man. You're getting the dipping sauces right now. Come on. We can't, we can't. Oh, a little, little appetizer. Okay. All right. Cool. Cheese sticks. That's good. How's well, everything? Well, in Venice? Uh, How's everything in Venice? Come on. It's good, man. Uh, things have been pretty full lately. Uh, just kicked off Revelation, so there's just. I think that if you're a pastor listening, you're like, 
you probably can just, I don't know what you think about that, but you might say, wow, that's, that's probably a lot of fun. It has been a lot, actually been really encouraging more than I thought it would be. And it's also the most challenging book I've probably ever tried to preach through. I probably spent more time trying to really understand it so I can hopefully communicate it where I don't confuse people because because half the time I'm confused. You right. know, I've heard it said that most church goers want the pastor to preach the revelation because they don't understand it, but most pastors don't want to preach it because they don't fully understand it. So uh, there's many days I kind of go, you know, I'm not sure I fully understand. I think that's totally okay. Uh, this week, I'm going to kind of share some of the views of how people see the timeline, kind of give them an understanding of how we under, unpack it, because um, people come from a different angle. So it's, and what, the most fascinating thing, Jay, is how many people, I mean, people that you probably have read all over the map, uh, theologians, pastors, commentators that kind of have all these different angles of their perspective. And they all believe in Jesus, they believe the Bible, but they kind of land in different areas. So it's, it's teaching me that we can still be really like open-handed with some things and not be so close-fisted with some of the specifics. So I don't want to nerd out today on that. I think I have uh, probably talked enough already about Revelation, but that's uh -huh. been big lately for me personally, just digging in and trying to put it all together. And it's and it's and it's uh, something we wanted to talk about anyway. But we were talking before we hit record. Um, you know, you start Revelation, and then things start happening in Israel, and like that's also, um, you know, kind of a weird connection of of. I'm sure that makes with people very interested in what you're talking about as well. Correct? Um, yeah, I mean, you you def I mean, definitely heartbreaking to see what's happening in Israel. Uh, there's been, I mean, I've followed it pretty closely, Jay, but I'm not sure i'm even up on it till even today we of course record two days before we go live so this is going to be probably dated right but yeah just just we, we took some time to pray as a church uh, for everything happening there last sunday um you know everybody's gets ramped up more about okay is this is this the is this the end is 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 you know is this the ezekiel 26 is this you know right. uh and i think jesus said it said it best obviously you know you're going to hear wars and rumors of wars and and nation rise against nation i think these are the birth pangs as the bible says of, of the end that is coming and jesus could come back uh, at any at any moment so um very very well wakes us up i think from our from our western american mindset to go man there's there's a broken world and uh there's there's a real there's a real evil in the world and i think hopefully so much debate right now about news media and what's right what's wrong and um and it's just sad to see what Hamas, the terrorist group, did uh, to a lot of innocent Israelis uh, going house to house, uh, killing men, women, and children, uh, and many other things that I probably don't even want to say because it just makes right, me right. sick to my stomach. So it's been, yeah, it's pretty heartbreaking. But yeah, so with that coinciding with Revelation and then we're, where we're at right in the book right now, like this week, I'm getting ready to get into the tribulation period and so yeah, it's pretty surreal to be honest with you. It's kind of as I watch the the news and pray, um, it really kind of it kind of makes it really vivid and like wow, this this is the Bible's always ahead of everything. It's always <laughs> gives us so much clarity in a broken world. And then you know I know some pastors that are in Israel with groups right now trying to get out right. safely. Right. So right. following their stories and praying for them. Uh, and then just for the people and all that's going on, praying that the, the gospel will go forth in this brokenness. So, yeah, with all that going on with Revelation, it's 
it's kind of it's kind of right. wild really right 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 well um so yeah we want to make that and we want to encourage you if you're listening whether you're a pastor or not um be praying for yeah. all the all this taking place <laughs> like you said we could talk about things right now but it would be dated because we're recording two days before this actually will land so who knows where it will be in two days but you know you can still be praying uh regardless of where we're at you can be praying for yeah. um just all of those that are um impacted by this you know those who are actually uh, fighting the war those who are you know victims of the war uh, be praying for that and so um definitely want to encourage you to that um individually as a family even as a church if you see fit so um but josh today we want to have kind of an open dialogue there's some other interesting things happening in our uh, i guess when to say christian circles culture um, that's taking place that is that is very uh, I think it's just it's popped up quite a bit in mine I don't, I don't know if it's popped up with you or not but it's mm -hmm. the idea of um, you know what's taking place with some um, you know very influential pastors and um, maybe the the lines getting blurred for you know one another prominent leader in the Christian circle has called out them for not you know letting the circle I mean the lines get blurred when it comes to where we stand on truth and I think it's worthwhile for us to um have an open conversation about this. Um, and again, I guess I, I've been, I don't want to necessarily call out anybody because then, you know, but obviously if you draw in the blanks, you have Andy Stanley, who basically had uh, held a conference that is, had his church that was controversial by some. Um, and then you have uh, a leader of a theological seminary, Al Mohler, who's called him out. And, you know, some people may be standing in the sidelines going, what, what do I make of this? What do I, what do I do? Cause Andy mm -hmm. Stanley, to be honest, he's had a lot of influence mm -hmm. over many, many people. Many people uh, look to him. Many people look uh, up to him and the way he's approached the, the connection he's had with the culture around us. Um, it's been, uh, you know, undeniable that he's had an impact on some people. Um, but then now we have this, uh, this interesting mm -hmm. development in his ministry, um, where I, I even listened to his sermon where he kind of said, okay, let me explain what is going on and, and you know, what I need to address uh, because I've been called out. Um, then you have a very prominent leader, Al Mohler, uh, the president of a seminary who was like, hey, um, I think the headline was something like Andy Stanley's left the train, you know, the, the train's left the station yeah. along those lines. So these are not like kind, like these are very serious things that are taking place. Mm -hmm figure we could have an open dialogue about where <laughs> what we think um mm -hmm. whether people listen to us for advice or wisdom i don't know um but i think it is important as you're listening to this because andy stanley is a uh is a name that's pretty well known and mm -hmm. here we have some things that are taking place so josh i'll punt to you to just give you your opening thoughts on you know the whole gamut of what's taking place uh what are your thoughts well speaking of andy stanley i mean he's he's influenced me in, in some great ways. I mean, he's really yeah. put out some great teaching on reaching people, uh, re, you know, having a heart for the lost. Um, he's, he's one of the, he's probably, you know, just putting all of this aside, an yeah. incredible communicator, uh, really yeah. understands leadership. I think in a lot of ways with that said, uh, the last, I don't know, I can't even remember how many years he's just kind of gone down a different direction than, than where he started in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got his books on my shelf, along with a bunch of other uh, pastors that are no longer pastoring. I was telling uh, some of our leadership team the other day about just how many books on my shelf are pastors that have either given up 
their leadership because of moral failings, or they basically have become apostate where they don't believe the Bible anymore. Uh, and it just kind of, it's kind of sobering really. And it's not a, not out of, I think, a critical heart about any of the leaders. It's just the question is, how does, how do we stand for truth in a world that is so confused, but also do it in a way of, of showing the grace, right? This Jesus was full of grace and truth. Like we talked about that a while back. Mm -hmm. So I think with Andy, just, just, just as we, as we jump into this, um, I, I believe in, in, in so many ways, I don't know him personally, but I believe every pastor wants to reach people and meet people where they are and their brokenness. And so what I appreciate about him is that's always been his heart or that's what he's communicated. So I, I can't, I can't judge his heart or his motivations, but they basically have you know provided a, a conference at his church, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it was kind of ramping up. You know, a lot of people had already started talking about it before it became a reality called unconditional. And basically the whole conference was geared towards supporting parents and LGBTQ plus children in their churches. And so the, the you know, the outside looking in was this is a conference to help parents guide their children that have all of these thoughts. And, and we live in a world today where, where, where kids are pressured. They're hearing it from every side, these comments. Uh, and it's crazy. I mean, I, mean I, I know you're a dad. I'm a dad. I mean, my kids, we talk about these things. They, they hear about it. Mm -hmm. And how do you respond to the LGBTQ? Like, it's not just affirming. It's almost to the extreme of, I, I think if it continues down the path it's going, the LGBTQ conversation, like it's almost like if kids are going to start feeling like if I'm not wanting to go down that road, then there's something wrong with me to be mm. the, you know, heterosexual. And so I think the church pastors, we have to be, have resolve and stand on the word of God within this broken world, because I believe one of the most unloving things we can do as pastors is tell people that they're okay in their sin. And the Bible's clear that God created male and female. It was his design, just as God created marriage. Marriage is under attack. Marriage is not between uh, two of the same gender. That's not marriage. It's between man and a woman, because that's God's design. He instituted it. He created it. That's a man-made, you know, basically invention that God doesn't honor and God doesn't bless. Does that mean that we then judge and condemn them and not reach out within the love of Christ? No. But if I'm going to love someone, I'm not going to say, hey, you do you, you do whatever you feel and whatever urges you have, that's your identity, which I know we can go into all these different angles. But I do think just jumping in, Jay, there's so much confusion about this. Well, if we're going to love people that have children that are dealing with this or they're into this lifestyle, then we have to like we have to just let them be the way they are and not say anything because that's the culture. The culture has told us if you question that, then you're, you're saying that's not who they are. And of course, as, as pastors, like as, as following the scripture, we have a different worldview. Yeah. And so I wasn't at the conference. I don't know. I'm mean, only thing I know about the conference is what I read online. I know who the speakers were because they were published online. Yeah things of that sort. I think what I believe, I, I agree with you. I want to agree with you in the fact that I think Anley, from my appearance and from my interactions with knowing and following Andy Stanley all the years I've I've been around, um, I, I think he does have a genuine heart for wanting to reach people. 
um, and really reaching those that some other churches may not reach because of some hard uh, traditions they may follow, or it's not even the hard lines in the sand. It's more of a, just the, uh, the culture created within the church body that turns people off or maybe turns people away. And that's not neither here right or wrong. That's just saying that he's had a way of connecting with individuals, families, and people that some other churches just aren't, aren't able to connect with. Right. Uh, going back to what I was, it, you know, the controversy between Al Mohler and uh, Andy Stanley was this, uh, you know, where where do you draw the line? And I guess that's where right. I spend most of my time, yeah. this idea like, okay, the converts happened, the motives, whatever the motives were, as a church, as a Bible-believing church that believes the Word of God, that trusts the Lord, where is the line and and you know how do how do we know where that's at? Where is where do we stand? Where do, where should we be standing when it comes to truth of the Bible mm-hmm. and how it works? If you go and listen to um, the teaching that Andy taught in kind of like a reference to um, Al Mohler calling out, he he made the reference that you know Jesus didn't draw lines; he drew circles and very large circles. Mm-hmm. Um, and to an extent, I can follow that comment of Jesus did. He was known to sit and hang out with the worst of the worst he was you know willing to go mm-hmm. and hang with those that were you know, mm-hmm. not living the way god called them to live you know whether it would be an adultery whether it would be you know whatever it may be mm-hmm. uh, we can see that god extends grace to murderers and you know adultery there's no end right. to God's grace there's ability for all those things but at the right. same time we do see that jesus also drew hard line he was not afraid to stand up for truth and actually that's that's really the nature of Jesus. He was compassionate and loving and showed full of grace. But as we've mentioned mm-hmm. many, many times, there was also this hard truth. And I think that is where the gray area is that is where this whole thing is sitting at. Mm-hmm. And maybe where that conference is sitting at is sitting in this gray area um, that well, is, is yeah. causing there to be a lot of questions, a lot of dissension. Because again, one of the things I'm concerned, I look at from the outside is, okay, we're looking now, you have prominent leaders of faith, whether it be a theologian, mm-hmm. they're at dissension with one another and we can't find right. unity because again, there's there's well, differences yeah. of... Go ahead, what were you going to say? Right. Well, I think it, it, it's, it comes down to like you're saying, like what's essential, what's not essential. Right. Right, is sexuality biblical sexuality essential or is it like no just whatever you want it to be let it be that you know i think that's that's what you're kind of saying where do we draw the line and say this is what the this is what the god's word says and we're also going to reach people that don't agree with that and then lead them to jesus and let jesus change their heart and and the struggle i have is like well he did he only you know jesus only drew circles no he drew lines like the lady that was caught in adultery that you know that John right. chapter eight, Jesus said to her, where, where are the, where are you, where are your you know, accusers? And she says, there's, there are none. He says, uh, neither do I condemn you. And then what did he say at the end? Now get, go and sin no more. He drew a line. He drew a circle and a line. And what I don't understand about Andy is he is probably one of the most creative communicators. Um, he knows that, but he's choosing to become confusing. And to literally his whole sermon was he started off by making a statement on biblical sexuality that I've always stated that it's, you know, marriage is between a man and a woman. And, you know, God created this, you know, sexuality to be honoring. We shouldn't be mastered by anything. And then the next 40 minutes, he negated that by what he said. And so it's very confusing 
I've watched multiple people on both sides respond to what he said. I watched a whole YouTube hour and a half of a guy that went to the entire conference who writes, uh, who speaks and helps uh, meet people in the LGBTQ community from a biblical perspective while also loving them, helping parents with children with these kind of issues. And um, he had a really, really great perspective. And he said that throughout the entire conference, not they never drew a line at all and said that any of these lifestyles are actually against the word of God. So um, hmm. it's, it's kind of the old principle of saying one thing and doing another. And I really wrestle with it. I mean, I've, I've, I've had some folks over the years um, in, in the churches I've been in that have struggled in these ways. Um, I've done some pastoral counseling to help them find healing. This is not something that's like, far off from me, Jay. Like, I don't look at it as like, oh, that's just what other people are dealing with. Like people are dealing with these things, right. whether they say it or not. This isn't like just a certain percentage. Like people, people are made because of our sin. We have, we have urges, we have uh, problems and, and mentally, emotionally, spiritually that, that they, that we all need Jesus. And so I, I think this is going to become a big issue for us in the next 10, 20 years as pastors, it's only going to grow. How do we respond to this? How do we reach people? How do we meet them where they're at? This is not going to go away. And I think we've got to have a real clear way that we, we want to respond and, and, uh, and, and really live like, live like Jesus while also not changing what Jesus taught. Because what Jesus taught was always uncomfortable, even in the first century. That's yeah. why they killed Jesus. He, 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 didn't, he had a new kingdom. He, he constantly challenged the religious and he also called uh, sinners to follow him. And uh, so, man, this is a tough one because it's so politically charged. It's so emotionally charged. Uh, but yeah, what are your thoughts? Well, I think really uh, I'm not surprised by this being such a, and again, you're going to see, and I agree with you. You're going to see it grow and grow and grow and grow. Um, because at the core of the gospel, the core of the good news, the core of God's design is the family, right? It's that's at the core. And mm -hmm. this is a direct attack on that of what, what that even looks like. Um, and I, here's where I'm at. I think Andy, um, again, we can put all that aside that he's a great communicator, all those things. I think churches, and I think what I'm what I'm concerned about is this: is that what what is starting the trend? And Andy may have just kind of maybe lunged it into the the direction of churches trying to figure out how to remain quote unquote relevant in the charged climate that we live in. And mm -hmm. those who are following, uh, you know, has followed his teaching, look up to him, admire, you know, his work, mm -hmm. all the all the reasons we said at the very beginning that are true, communication, leadership, things of that sort, um, may take a cue here and go, well, maybe he's on to something and this is how we reach mm -hmm. people because there is a huge following. It's a big church he's at, things of that sort. Mm -hmm. um, and every pastor is going to have to come to a point in, in their place where they're going to have to go, where, where do I stand on this? It's going to come out. It's going to happen. Uh, if you're right. going to teach through God's word, it's going to come up. How do we how do we deal with this? And again, I would even say this is no different than adultery. This is no different than murder. Mm -hmm. this is no different than any other uh, flaw of you know reaching you know following God's design. I'm not putting this yeah. into a different category. This just happens to be the 
the big charge right now in our in our culture we live in the big shift that's happening mm -hmm. but this is no different than any of those other i the way we would feel about adultery is the same way we should feel about this it's it is what it is over and over and over jesus uh addressed this and he and he met people where they are even in john chapter four where i'm going to be looking at in our pre you know we have a woman who's out by the well by herself we can get into details of why that is but it comes out it, she didn't want to talk about it she she was you know she had multiple you know multiple men she was with and jesus and jesus called her, called her out he, he called did. her up, but he yeah. also did it with love and great. Like he met her right That's where right. she was at. And right. I mean, at the end of that story is beautiful. She goes back and she tells people, hey, look, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, yep. It's a beautiful picture of what happens when you do call people out and say, hey, look, you, you have to understand this is not designed. This is not the way it's supposed we're supposed to live. Um, there is a better way. There is a better life. And, you know, we're. We're going to see our culture go down this pathway of people running after their own desires. We're going to right. see, and it's going to get Absolutely. worse. Before, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Mm -hmm. We know yep. that. Um, but I, my biggest concern is, and, and really one of the things I'm really paying attention to is because of the influence that Andy has over mm -hmm. many, many leaders in the church world. Could yep. this be a lunge in the direction of going, maybe we should, maybe we, maybe we have gotten, yep. it. maybe we've been too hard. Maybe we've drawn too many lines and not enough circles, which was the, you know, the point of what he preached. And I, I, I'm big. My biggest concern is this, is that we can love people. We can care for people. We can treat people with dignity. Um, I'm never going right. to love somebody just because they don't live according to God's design and treat them differently because of that. Right. We do not have to agree. You do not have to believe what I believe for me to show you respect and love and meet you right where you're at, because that's what Jesus did. He didn't just shoo off these people. In fact, go to uh, John chapter four. Mm -hmm. He had to go through that area. No, he didn't. He did it because mm -hmm. he was pursuing people. He's pursuing the hearts of people. That was a divine interaction. He knew that woman was going to be there. He knew what he was doing. Right. Well, right. I believe in, I believe God still got us on pathways where we're going to meet people for a reason mm -hmm. there's divine appointments right. that take place my biggest concern is for pastors listening for people who are wrestling with this and going what you know where do i stand even if it has nothing to do with ainley but you know this is culturally charged is you know you're gonna question mm -hmm. because in the nature of reaching people because your heart motive is i want to reach people the motive That's is right. There and is right but we also have to align ourselves with God's word and we have to stand mm -hmm. on the truth of God's word because that's all we have. We have mm -hmm. to. Stand. So I guess that's where I'm at. The biggest concern is we've got to, mm -hmm. got to be cautious here because um, again, I'm, I'm just concerned that I, I saw, so being in new England, by the way, I saw mm -hmm. more and more pastors driving this way. And again, we don't want to hurt people. And that's, that, that's what I would be told is we don't want to hurt people. We want to be accepting to all people. You can still create an environment where they can come. Listen, you're not going to change teaching the truth of God's word, but you can still love people. Josh, I had, I mean, I had people who mm -hmm. came to my church in Boston who, um, you know, were part of this community that, that came and they understood we were just going to teach God's word for what it was. That's right. I also mm -hmm. had people in my church. So I'm going to just even open up the door. More. I had people in my church who were living together and doing things that were made for marriage that <laughs> were living together. And I, I still preach the same way. And it was uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I heard people mm -hmm. say in small groups the week after, like, 
we had an interesting conversation based off the sermon because so-and-so is in our group and they mm-hmm. they're not living the way mm-hmm. they should live. You know what happened, Josh? Yep. People either got married or they mm-hmm. separated. Why? Because we mm-hmm. said, hey, look, this is what God's word says. If we want to honor That's God, right. live life properly. That's what right. happened was people's lives began to shift and adjust to God's word versus us shifting and adjusting to the culture around us. We don't, we don't do that. God's word has not changed. It will not mm-hmm. change. And we're going to be held accountable to God's word. Therefore, let's stand on God's word. I guess that's where I'm at. My biggest concern is the influence that comes with this. Uh, and, and, and I really, uh, you know, for all of us, we need to understand we, we carry influence. It may only be, it may not be the size of Annie Stanley, but you carry influence. Well, yeah. You carry I think influence you're, you're over right. your community, over your family. You carry influence and we have a responsibility. We're, we're shepherds for a reason. Um, so anyhow, I guess that's where I'm at. I don't yeah. know. My heart breaks because I see the church going and maybe answering this and going, maybe we've, maybe, maybe we've got it wrong, which the church doesn't have. Wrong. <laughs> so I mean, even though I would say Al Moeller, I think sometimes can be a little bit too much of a stickler. I, I'm going to go the other way here. And, and he can, he can actually push people away because of, of, of maybe his personality and some of his views mm-hmm. and how he approaches it. Um, I, at the same way, there's that other side of it too. You can, but have you read his response? His response to me was very gracious and kind. I, you know, he was, he was he's so, he's so biblical and I wouldn't go, I would never go against Southern Baptist theological seminaries president theologically. Like that's just a bad decision. Here's what I'm going at. To no, start attacking him. He's you're not going to win that one, but here's what I'm, you getting, know what I mean? Like what I'm getting at is this, is that I believe there's certain aspects of Al Moeller, maybe even the way he approaches certain things. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with theology. Right. I yeah. think just the way he hold, the way he would approach things, maybe the way he does his missiology, could push some mm-hmm. people away as well, right? So again, we all have our different ways, but I think what it comes mm-hmm. down to here, and what I'm trying to communicate is, what it comes down to is the Bible's the Bible, mm-hmm. and we have to land on the truth of God's word, um, right? It's it's more about the truth of God's word over missiology at this point, um, or, or how we I guess not missiology is not the right well, word, but how we approach the culture around us, right? Yeah, I I agree. the 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 briefing is what it's called. He does a a briefing like a right. podcast writing every day, so he he responds to everything. That's just what he does. He he takes the word of God theology and applies it to everyday life. So he does right. a really good job of breaking down all the craziness of the world. I, I I tend to track what he says because he can break it down, although he's way smarter than I am, and I have to sometimes uh, read it twice. I thought what he said was good. I want to read a quote real quick. He said this. He says, as a theologian, I feel a responsibility to say that what this represents is a departure from historic normative biblical Christianity based on what Andy was saying. He says, I think both sides understand this is the most basic disagreement we could imagine. So are sex and gender. It's over ontology and being. It's over scripture, the authority of scripture, and the interpretation of scripture. It's over God and the gospel. It doesn't just get any more basic than this. But I do recognize the gravity of the words I'm using when I say that what we see here is a departure from historic, you know, normative biblical Christianity. I say that because I believe that's exactly what it is, and I believe Christians ought to take note of it. And just like Paul wrote in all of his letters— he instructed and called out false teachers constantly in the New Testament, because in the early church, false teachers were popping up in all of these different cities. And I'm not saying it's our job to go around and 
pick on each other, but this is a prominent, like you said, mm-hmm. one probably one of the most famous influential pastors of this whatever generation you would consider him in. I don't even really know what it would be called. Like, like I would say the newer, like reaching the lost, you know, leaving like the 1980s you know, or whatever. And, and so th- th- does this mean that we criticize and condemn? No, no I, I just think we can have a healthy discussion about it. And what right. I don't appreciate about Andy is he gaslighted it. He got up and, and basically was like, you know, I don't adhere to this guy, you know, Moeller's um, Christianity. And then at the end, he, he basically was like, you all should come and learn from us. And, and to me, he even said it out loud. Like, I know this comes across prideful, but you, all you pastors should come learn from us. And I just felt like, yes, I mean, gosh, thousands of pastors have, have learned from him, but to state that after all of this animosity and, 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 and ambiguity on his part, you know, his whole unhitching from the old Testament in recent years and how much confusion that caused. And he, and it's almost like he likes that confusion. He likes it to be just kind of gray and uh, upset people. Um, I, I think he just, I, I just struggle with it. Like, be clear, be because clear about your stance. Go, he, yeah. He reach people that way. That's what I'm getting at. And but yeah. going back to what I said about Moeller is I don't doubt his theology. I'm getting like, okay, you got a guy who's in a suit and tie and there's no doubt in my mind. He, he errs mm-hmm. towards the more traditional type of, you know, everything you could think of when you think of traditional church. What I'm getting at is there's a lot of people who will not connect, can't, won't connect to that side of, of, of you know, yeah. that nature. And then you have mm-hmm. Andy Stanley on the other side. And what I'm getting at is in the nature of reaching people, we can go these crazy, crazy means. And I think that's what it mm-hmm. is. Andy likes the gray space because he the does allows and gives freedom for us to reach people that maybe won't come to church, but are we really reaching? But, 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 but are we reaching? That's the whole question. Okay. Said, so you right? get them are to come, really but they're reaching? not going to change. They're not changing. They're not going to, they're not going to believe the gospel because the blo- gospel is right. offensive. Oh, well, I'm a sinner. No, I don't think I'm a sinner. I, no one can tell me how to live my life. So you're not actually, no one's changing. It's just so then it's a, a church full of lost people that don't hear the gospel. And that's my whole frustration. Andrew Walker put out another great response to this. Not, not just, Andy, but just the whole conversation, he said, this is a, basically, he said by saying, by him saying that I affirm the biblical view, but for all practical purposes, you know, we don't really like, we don't apply it practically. So what he's doing is separating theology from practice. And that's what he's doing. It's the, it's the textbook theological liberal move to say, you know, I believe I, I, they say they believe something, but then when it comes to actually doing it, obeying it they go well i'm in the quieter middle space that's what they kept saying in the conference i'm in the quieter middle space so basically saying i don't i'm not going to say emphatically that the bible says that this is god's design right and so that's where we're at and that that is this isn't new jay i know that's already been prevalent in most mainline denominations for a long 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 time and typically mainline denominations that affirm and go against God's design, like affirm the, the, this, this whole world mindset, you look at it. I challenge anybody that might say, I don't agree, Josh, go study it. Most of those denominations start to, to literally start to lose steam. And I believe it's just like in Revelation where the Lord removes the lampstand. Uh-huh. It will remove his blessing, removes his favor. Because when pastors and churches stop preaching the gospel and they start conforming to the world, 
I truly believe in my heart of hearts, God just goes, you know what? He's basically outside the door knocking, saying, can somebody let me in? This church is no longer following me. We, we, again, I just, I bring, I think it's important that we, we pastors, you have to come to a grip where, like where you stand on these things, because it's, it's, it's very, it's very sad and disheartened because there's going to be a lot of people who will go, like we just talked, go to this church. And uh, because it's a church that will accept them for who they are, it's a church that will love me right where I'm at and not expect anything different not expect anything different. And I think this is extremely, extremely important. So Josh, this is a, um, a conversation we can keep going on a conversation that is extremely important. I would like to hear from our listeners though. This is one of those episodes where like, I hope people will, will speak in and chime in and give us their feedback, reach out to us, the pastor at gmail.com connect with us on social media. We'd love to get your feedback. Again, this has been an open conversation. There's not four E's. There's not a pathway we've given. It's just more of us dialoguing about a relevant thing that's taking place in our culture. And and pastors, I'd love to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts on where 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 we are at. Maybe uh, maybe you disagree with us. If you do, please re- email us. Reach out. I'd love to hear. I'm not opposed to that. Um, we're going to treat you with respect and love and grace. We'd love to talk to you about that. So. But Josh, hey, we can keep going, but let's let's leave it there. Let people uh, let's let's have this conversation continue going. So reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. From Josh and I here at the Pastor Pod, have a great weekend. We'll see you soon.